Father, I give you thanks and praise for another Monday evening. And um, today, I would like us to 
talk about the prerequisites that would enable true and obedient believers to exercise dominion over planet Earth. Now, all scriptures will be taken from the King James Version Bible, and all segments will be held on Monday. Every Monday, segments will be held. So, I'll start. So, brethren, by rebelling against the clear instructions of God, but accepting Satan's words instead, Adam inherited a satanic heart on the one hand and simultaneously transferred his ownership and dominion rights over planet Earth to the devil. So this fact is captured in the following verses. So I read from Luke chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, which states, The devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Brethren, Adam, the God-appointed head of the human race, became so satanically corrupt that he became useless to God and his plans. Now, in order for mankind to be completely restored so that God can fulfill his will on earth, one will have to use one's will and accept God's restorative, redemptive package on God's terms. So, brethren, though written in an... <coughs> so, brethren, based on the segments that I had mentioned before, it is surely worth repeating that had God not taken the preemptive action of sacrificing his son from the foundation of the world, as written in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, thereby securing the rights to redeem his creative possession, even planet Earth and its peoples, both Earth and its people, would have been lost forever to the devil who inherited both by deceiving Eve in Adam's presence in the Garden of Eden. So brethren, as proof of the effectiveness of God's redemptive plans for mankind, Enoch, walked so perfectly with his maker that God took him to heaven to live with him without him having to taste of death, which can be confirmed in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. So brethren, please listen to this. Before his translation, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God as was stated in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. So brethren, based upon God's redemptive plan for mankind, all Old Testament saints who choose to believe in and exercise faith in their creator and his plans for planet Earth were able to exercise various degrees of dominion over this planet and its creatures. 
So brethren, having dealt in general terms with the prerequisites that would enable an individual to exercise dominion over planet Earth, I shall hereafter endeavor to treat in detail with the principles that would enable a believer to exercise dominion over planet Earth. Now, since by natural birth, mankind inherited an iniquitous, transgressive, and sinful nature from Satan the usurper, to be completely restored, mankind must be guaranteed forgiveness and restoration in the three areas mentioned by God in Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 to 7, and confirmed in Psalm chapter 32, verse 5. So since man is a trilogy, trilogy, when I say trilogy, it means consisting of his spirit, his soul, and his body, in which the antennas of the mind are embedded, his salvation must be effected in his spirit, his soul, and his mind. In addition, his body must also be impacted. So brethren, while our spirit is of the same essence as God's spirit and enables us to fellowship with him, our soul, on the other hand, which is the invisible house of our spirit, is the seat of our personality, which consists of our wills, desires, emotions, intellects, memories, and imaginations. So that is why God calls man a living soul, as we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. So, brethren, since our mind, which is embedded in our brains and links us to our body and our environment through our senses, was damaged when Adam sinned, there is need for the renewal of our mind after one is born again. Now, once an individual hears the gospel of the kingdom, even the God-approved panacea for man's redemption and the restoration, and believes in his or her heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, having before confessed Jesus Christ our Lord, that individual's spirit is immediately quickened, and that is called the new birth. This is what the thief on the cross experienced. He needed nothing else since he died that very day and had no battles to fight in this life. So all he needed then was the one baptism mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5 or 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 and nothing more. Now a living believer on the other hand, who will have to face life's battles in this Satan-controlled world, needs further equipping to enable him or her to live a victorious Christian life. And that is why Jesus' disciples, notwithstanding, having received the first two baptisms, that of water, and that which his disciples received when Jesus told them to receive the Holy Spirit, in John chapter 20, verse 22, were nevertheless told by Jesus prior to his ascension to wait for further heavenly empowerment 
before they embarked upon their evangelistic ministries. So compare John chapter 20 verse 22 and Luke chapter 24 verse 49, if in doubt. So as stated prior, since your soul, which is the invisible spiritual covering of your spirit, is also connected via your mind to your body, which is never born again, your contaminated soul will also be in need of restoration. So this doctrinal fact is supported by the following verses, which is James chapter 1 verse 21, which states, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And from the Apostle Peter, we have the following confirmation. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfaithed love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. So that's First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And from the beloved Apostle to the Gentiles, we have this gem. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. That's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 26. And not to be forgotten is the Apostle John's epistle to the saints, and the following relevantly refers to 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 to 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had that hope in him purified himself, meaning his soul, even as he is pure. So that was First John chapter 3, verses 2 to 3. Now, one might ask, how does one purify oneself, meaning, or soul? And the answer follows, namely, by the washing of water by the word, which is to obey the written word of God, as Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 states, or as the apostle Peter informs us, Seeing ye have purified your souls by obeying the truth. That's 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. And for those who have an ear to hear, the heart or the inner man of the believer is also purified by the baptism with the Holy Ghost as Acts chapter 15 verse 8 to 9 states. So brethren, since our soul is the seat of our affection, even the seat of our emotions, our desires, our intellects, our memories, our imaginations, and our wills, and interacts with our bodies and our environmental surroundings through our minds, which is embedded in our brains with sensual antennas, our souls will always be in need of cleansing so brethren since our minds 
though connected to our souls, interacts with our bodies and our environmental surroundings via our senses, our minds must also be renewed. So if we ever hope to prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, as Romans chapter 12 verse 2 states, and should one ask, how is the mind renewed? Well, these are the steps that I will share today pertaining to that. Right? So it will be able to assist you regardless. So step number one, diligently study and commit the precepts of the new covenant to your memory. Then ensure that you line up your thinking in accordance with those precepts. Step number two, in decision-making, always choose the word of God over your feelings, no matter what. Step number three, should your fleshly desires or needs try to convince you to act contrary to the truth of God's word, always ensure that you practice the word of God over your feelings. Step number four, Since eternal vigilance is key to spiritual freedom, steadfastly guard your heart and minds by constantly vetting your thoughts by the spiritual strainer contained in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And last step, which is number 5, as an offensive mechanism, as much as is Christianly possible, always meditate orally and or musically, on who you are in Christ. So that's taken from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 to 19 and Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. So brethren, if the principles mentioned are recently and the techniques are diligently adhered to, over time, your mind will be renewed as is commanded in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. However, before you even attempt to put the, those principles mentioned prior and techniques into practice, you must first obey Romans chapter 12 verse 1, which beseechingly commands us to consecrate our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. For when our consecration is effected and remembered, we will know that we are not our own, but that we were bought with the sacrificial blood of his son to be used in his service as he chooses. So brethren, as I come to an end to this segment today, I wish to remind you that it was by the reprogramming of the soul and the renewing of the mind with the revealed word of God that enabled the Old Testament saints to exercise dominion rights over planet Earth. So for confirmation, read Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 12 to 14 and Joshua chapter 1 verses 6 to 9 and understand that the statement just mentioned is doctrinally song so brethren if the prerequisites contained 
in this segment is studied and diligently followed. I am convinced that the steps taken by God preemptively and later towards the end of the age to procure and secure mankind's dominion rights over planet Earth would not have been in vain. So as I close this segment today, I am now convinced more than ever that because of what God did preemptively at the foundation of the world, as is written in Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, and more so towards the end of this age at Calvary, to secure mankind's dominion rights over his creation, every child of God would be able to exercise dominion rights over this planet if he or she would be willing and obedient to amen all of God's dictates, even as Enoch did. So of this, I am absolutely sure. So that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week, Monday again. So as I leave, please remember to have a safe and productive week. Jesus Christ will be returning soon. Please ensure that you are prepared for his return. Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. So have a blessed and safe week, brethren. Bless. I need your help.